Hello there. Welcome back to Solomon's Temple. This episode is going to be especially enlightening and fun because I'm just going to be reading from the Tao Te Ching. I will read a few passages and then sort of interpret them in case they're a little bit wild and out there. The linguistic cut of Chinese language is a little bit different than what we're used to in the West. The way in which Lao Tzu describes reality tends to be a little different, although the holistic view on seeing life is itself whole. It is about as sacred and whole as it can get. The Tao Te Ching and the Way of Life is a sacred text, and it has many various levels of understanding and can be interpreted with a bit of vagueness that it is up to you to mirror into your own life the understanding of what's written in this text. I will do my best with the gift of sight to translate for others that might not quite comprehend what is going on, and I will give my extent to which I see reality, and in some ways I cannot grasp and fully reflect totally on what is being said, I will give you my best interpretation. I'm sure there is always better interpretations out there. But for your dollar, or for free, you're going to hear it from me. The things that can be learned from this book are absolutely timeless and absolutely priceless. I will read a passage, and then I'll give my thoughts on it, and I'll reflect. The best way to approach the Tao is to start with the first passage. The Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The nameless is the beginning of heaven and earth. The named is the mother of ten thousand things. Ever desireless, one can see the mystery. Ever desiring, one sees the manifestations. These two spring from the same source but differ in name. This appears as darkness. Darkness within darkness, the gate to all mystery. It seems that the name that can be named is not the eternal name, suggests to me that which is observed and solidified and realized cannot be realized, that reality cannot be realized, that what ultimately exists is beyond our sight, that it is beyond our ability to actually comprehend, that it is beyond our pigeonholing, that we cannot fixate on it and make it fixed, that when the act of saying what it is, we say what it isn't, and that maybe what it is is what it isn't in a paradox. But to say what it is is to desire to say it. It is to have a manifestation. Springing from what isn't is the desire to manifest what is. And to sit within what isn't is to view all of what is the mystery, the paradox. And to view what is and participate within manifestation of isness is to generate more and more and more things to name, the 10,000 things, an arbitrary it seems number, that arises out of desiring, desiring things to just be, to label things as you see them. So the coming into existence and going away, desire be, desire go, what is, is not, what is not, springs forth what is. It wouldn't be that we can comprehend anything without an isness, without something that is, but there would be no mystery to anything without isn't. That which isn't cannot be named, and it is viewing existence from this sense that gives us the idea that in life it is more often that things aren't what they are, and it is the gateway to mystery and knowledge 
that you can see what there is exist existing, what there truly is, by first viewing what there isn't. People view existence as being purely void of naming, that what actually exists is ineffable, that it is a type of religious experience, but we tend to want to classify and name through the scientific lens, at least. It seems as though the nature of knowledge of existence will arise more from stripping it away, and in first deriving what is, must be stripped as being not what it is. Paradoxically, the more you look at life as being not what it is, the more you will find out what it is. So in essence, maybe wisdom is born more out of silence, in that me saying anything to you at all would do better, that having me fixate your attention on my voice would really help you understand this? Having not said anything at all about the Tao, would that have helped you see the Tao? Well, I don't know. Maybe some manifestations need to be made. Maybe not buying into and valuing the positions and the things I posit on here would give you all of reality. That in hearing this, you hear a manifestation, but in that, you have your own manifestation, and there is manifestation in general. And to better equip yourself with knowing just what it is, first, think of it as being isn't what it is, and then you will find it. This next one will really make your head spin. Not exalting the gifted prevents quarreling. Not collecting treasures prevents stealing. Not seeing desirable things prevents confusion of the heart. The wise, therefore, rule by emptying hearts and stuffing bellies, by weakening ambitions and strengthening bones. If men lack knowledge and desire, then clever people will not try to intervene. If nothing is done, then all will be well. I used to be very, very competitive as a young man. When I was 10 years old, I was winning every single race I entered. In the end, no more than a couple years later, I was losing almost every race. And in that way, I became quite broken up. My anxiety over myself and my sense of worth plummeted. And for what? Because I was exalted because of some gifts? What are these gifts, really? These exaltations we take so seriously, we actually take for granted. They give tons and tons of strife to our lives. Why do people feel like they need to steal or, or cheat on something? Do they feel cheated? It seems as if value systems kind of in themselves are kind of a stealing away. That creating and generating value is from usurping power and having more for yourself. That would be the tendency of collecting treasures to have more. Desire be, desire go. You want something that you don't really want, and you keep wanting, and you keep wanting, and you keep wanting, and you forget that the person you love is enough. You forget that what you already have is enough. So it seems as though this isn'tness and this emptying out is what fulfills us paradoxically. Accept disgrace willingly. Accept misfortune as the human condition. What do you mean by accept disgrace willingly? Accept being unimportant. Do not be concerned with loss or gain. This is called accepting disgrace willingly. What do you mean by accept misfortune as the human condition? Misfortune comes from having a body. Without a body, how could there be misfortune? Surrender yourself humbly, then you can be trusted to care for all things. Love the world as your own self, then you can truly care for all things. 
I will let you mull that over. Think of yourself, and think of yourself as not yourself. Try to be as selfless as you can when you think about that. I will let you and the universe work that out. Give up sainthood, renounce wisdom, and it will be a hundred times better for everyone. Give up kindness, renounce morality, and men will rediscover filial piety and love. Give up ingenuity, renounce profit, and bandits and thieves will disappear. These three are outward forms alone. They are not sufficient in themselves. It is more important to see the simplicity, to realize one's true nature, to cast off selfishness and temper desire. What I'm picking up overall in this is stop trying to do everything all the time, that the genuine nature of your own life will happen, and it's as if trusting and having faith in what happens in life is what is needed, and that things that happen happen of themselves and do not require you to push them along, that in the absence of something comes the presence of another thing. It would be like trying to be yourself and seeking yourself having already been there, Tao abides in non-action, yet nothing is left undone. If kings and lords observed this, the ten thousand things would develop naturally. If they still desired to act, they would return to the simplicity of formless substance. Without form, there is no desire. Without desire, there is tranquility. And in this way, all things would be at peace. Outward manifestation can be destructive. Many rulers and people of power are destructive. Knowing within and having truth and tempering desires, the real wise men are the ones that need to rule. Let this episode be among the 10,000 things. I will see you next time.